Hey there. Welcome to the in-between. Were you just playing a guitar? I was doing air guitar and headbanging to the piano music. Okay. But, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's subtle. Absolutely. It's subtle, but if you listen really hard... You can't hear any guitar. It might, it might be in there. No, it's not. <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. That was fun. What, yeah, was great, really what a great way to start the day. Chris, do you play any instruments? Uh, I used to sing? play the trombone. Did you really? Yep. Wah, wah. Like, is this like like <laughs> middle middle school band trombone or like middle school band trombone? Okay. Yep. I dropped out. You did like eighth grade. He didn't like the ring around his lips. Oh. That wasn't it. It was carrying that <laughs> stupid thing around everywhere I went. Did you have to? I swear, if I'd been like did trumpet you, yes. or drums or something, I'd have stuck with it. But yeah. So in sixth grade, the drums have to carry, or at least I did. Okay. Um, have to carry around carry this around enormous. No, it was this enormous. Uh, plastic uh, case that had a bell set in it. Oh wow! There you go. And let me tell you what you feel like a real Wait, like winner. The, like the like the bells, like that kind of bell. <laughs> Sorry, I'm doing my hands like like handbells or no 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 no. Like they they call the the Glockenspiel the yes metal. Keyboard. I know what you're talking about. They're, they call, they call those bells. bells. Yep. I put, okay, that's that was that. Did you play that doing percussion? Oh, yeah. No, I, I played everything. You have to learn how to play everything or you're not a Dude, that seemed fun. No. Was it, it wasn't fun? No. Or it just was, wasn't fun to It wasn't around. fun for me. Oh, okay. I, I, I preferred the, you know, snare drum and bass drum. And oh, okay. The, I feel that. The more, uh, when you think of percussion, the more yes. typically percussion instruments were the ones that I really enjoyed. Yeah. I did not enjoy the um, any of the keyboard instruments. Yes. But so wait, so did you do marching band, Chris? Still had or to just do it all. Only the introductory. Oh, since, okay. we, since I got out in eighth grade, we had just started doing marching and stuff. Okay. See, we didn't start marching band until ninth grade. And right? I was going to say, we John, you did start it the actual band all the way through. Time. Yeah, I went well. Or did, wait, did you march in college? <laughs> I did. I marched uh, bass and quads in okay. college, um, but I I actually I quit my sophomore year. Okay. Um, and they got real upset with me. <laughs> that was kind of funny. <laughs> I was like, wow, I mm -hmm, okay, this is happening. And I think it had to do more with the timing. It was like, oh, right, okay. it wasn't even during the school year. It was uh, before the school year started, but yeah. you know, band had already started. Sorry, man, that bad coffee? Is it bad or did uh, you burn yourself? Super strong. Oh, okay. gotcha. Maybe how I made it. I may let it soak too long. Uh, I was about to say, did you make it or did Micah make it? There you oh, go. I made it. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> how Micah makes it, though. Um, Micah that is how. <laughs> pretty strong we, coffee. We can't let Micah make it on Sunday morning. He yeah. he burns through the coffee grounds too fast. Yeah, Man, that's hilarious. <laughs> well, um, I, yeah, I, I quit in uh, okay. my so right before my sophomore year, and then um, they actually asked me to come back. Like I, I, you could you couldn't come back to band once you quit. But they asked you to come back. Um, my. You put your hand to the plow. Yeah, no. My junior year, um, I played um, in the jazz band. So you, oh yeah, so you're still doing music could, at the college. It's not, not. No, it, this was in uh, high school. Oh, gotcha. gotcha, um, gotcha. No, I, I, I played. Um, jazz band was one of those things that it was actually led by the drum instructor. So I had kind of a relationship with him. Okay. And they would let me come do that because it wasn't everything else. Yeah. But then my senior year, they were really uh, hard up for people in the uh, drum line. So they were like, hey, would you come back and play? And so I played again my senior year. Um, and nice. They 
don't normally do that. Oh, that's really interesting. Um, I don't know about the majority of our listeners. I do know that Alan Pig played. Oh yeah, no, in the Alan band, Pig. right? Wasn't he French horn? Yeah, that's what I thought. I yeah. think so. Yeah. Write in and tell us what you what you, what you <laughs> played. Zach, you play Alan right. Pig may be the only uh, member of our audience who knows what a flugelhorn is. Oh wow, a flugelhorn. I'm just saying. It's right. Have to be a band. That's what the dwarves have at the top of their fortresses. That's the that. No, but that would be really cool. (laughs) That's what I play. If you march, I play dwarven war horns. (laughs) If you march with a dwarven war horn, please let us know. Exactly. I I I play. I I could play the shofar. I do play the shofar. So okay, great. Okay, absolutely. Hey, if we're ever in need of a shofar, I know who we have done it. We've We've done done it a few times. I love it. Yep, absolutely. Um, Well, speaking of the flugelhorn. First Samuel yeah, fourteen. That's no, right. Nope. Nope. No. Not good transition. False transition. Not <laughs> not happening. This is fake false news. Teaching right here. Right. Sorry. Anyway, there you go. Yep. All right. Yeah. Uh, cue the music. Cue the music. Uh, yeah. Right, Can we great. start now? <laughs> um. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, leaving the baptism conversation. First, uh-huh. want to get y'all's feedback on that one. Um. If y'all were in there, I was running around a lot. Yeah. What I heard was really good. So that's good. That's, that's kind of, I mean, it, it wasn't anything that I hadn't heard before, which mm-hmm. I actually really appreciate. Teaching on baptism yeah. probably shouldn't be too much. No. You know. What a new way to take that. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> baptism by fire. <laughs> I think I just meant that I've fire heard water. you talk about it um, a few times. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's uh, um, often misunderstood part of the Christian faith. And it is funny to me because I grew up with it. I mean, it's funny to me. It's not funny to me. It is uh, like when you talk about, yeah, it's a weird thing. I remember being like, oh, yeah. I, I don't see it as a weird thing, but that's because it was the weird thing that I wanted to do. When right, I was, exactly. When yeah. I was growing up, when people would get baptized, I was like, oh, I'm in. <laughs> like, I can't wait to get in there. <laughs> I can't wait to swim during the service. <laughs> like, and, you know. and dad's wearing a dress. Yeah. Can, can I be in the... Baptism all the time, yeah. all the time, just chilling out in there. <laughs> I mean, it's the uh, same thing with Lord's Supper. I wanted to take the Lord's Supper, right. and I was like, after taking the Lord's Supper, I kind of wanted the M and M's that Mom <laughs> used to bring me. Before I was Something saved, my right. mom would bring me peanut M and M's on the days that we would do the wow. Lord's Supper. Oh, that's wow. awesome! It's to two instead. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. And you were tasting and seeing that the Lord was good. Yeah, really good. <laughs> really. Donuts good. and M&M's. No, we didn't uh, do donuts. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yep. Um, I did like, I like, because, because we have people, I mean, always we have, we have people joining from different, um, different backgrounds. Right. We, and I love that you, we never know where they're coming from. Right. Yep. And so whether they have a more, um, more high church background Mm -hmm. and they have experienced infant baptism or they just don't really understand or, or they're, they have that level of kind of discomfort or like, what is, what is this Mm -hmm. kind of a thing? I love that. It's not like, Hey, this isn't, this isn't weird to ask that question. Let's unpack it. Right. And I like that. I like the talking about anointing, um, the different, like, I didn't really, I hadn't thought about like the different reasons why you would baptize as well. Right. Like the different right. options. The yeah. Like yeah. mikvah yeah. and the that mikvah mindset is, and it's not a common, a, no. a lot of times in Christian churches today, Oh gosh, no. there's just none, there's no conversation about it. Yeah. And, 
And people kind of get weirded out with the thought of as if, like this is always confusing to me. They're like, well, I can't get rebaptized. That would somehow undo what the first baptism did, mm-hmm. I guess. And I'm like, well, what did the first baptism do that this yeah. would undo? Because it, I mean, the first you. baptism didn't save you. It yeah. was a it yeah. Was a I understand the that. like um, not I just wanting to be to, confusion, not confused. wanting to disrespect. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. That's the argument that I'm always like. I totally get that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that makes sense to me. But uh, wait, how how so? I'm well, curious. like if their parents baptize them as infants oh, and their parents gotcha. are still alive, they don't want to disrespect their parents, right? By um, saying, "Nah, that wasn't." Yeah, that what you did was a mistake. Yeah, that was a mistake. Okay. Which I don't. So, know, I don't think, by the way, it had to be. No, theologically, it could have been an error depending on their views. But uh, but at the same time, it's like. I don't know. Like that's that's a conversation with a person who's actually going through that. Making right. up hypotheticals isn't going to help. True, <laughs> true. Um, but it point. is. It is. I I at least understand that mentality. The mm-hmm. like, it's going to undo it. That doesn't. That doesn't make any sense to me. Right. And I'm like, what? Yeah. That that doesn't. No, that's not how that works. Right. Well, I mean, it's just. I guess it's just not intuitive to me. Mm. Um. But. There's, I mean, there's complexity to it. It mm-hmm. is like, it is, it is supposed to be a moment that you can remember. I loved the fact that you were like, I don't remember the exact moment that um, I was saved, but I remember when I was baptized. Right. I was like, that's a really good point. Like this is, this is definitely like a, it, it has the potential to be a moment that you really remember. And it's funny. I remember the moment that I was saved. I don't remember the moment that I was baptized because I was so nervous about it mm-hmm. because it was the second time I had been baptized. <laughs> um, uh, I can make it up in my head. I know that I can do that because I, I remember all of the points about it. I remember what dad was wearing and mm-hmm. all of that, that type of thing. Interesting. Cause what he always wore. Um, but, uh, yeah. but, you, but you have like a clear, you have a clear memory of that. Of not not of baptism of oh, of gotcha. being saved. I'm yes. saying that it's the opposite of oh, of gotcha, gotcha. But I I I see how it can be, and so with that like weight of it that it that it has that potential, I see what like why it emotion is attached to it, right? Um, and and that side of things, it's just it's one of those things that we we need to uh wrestle with. Mm-hmm. Work out your salvation. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Fear and trembling mm-hmm. yeah. Had you taught on kind of the idea of anti-type before? Because I'm not, going not back like through that. and I'm like, I liked that because then you broke it down, you know, anointing, washing, right. dying. Right. I thought that was also like, I've heard you, I've, I've heard you talk about that, but every time I think that's just talking about identity. Oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> whoopsies. I thought that was me. <laughs> Let me just make sure that my sound is off. Mercy. Um, um, the, the dying. Yeah. Dying. Like as in, as in cloth. Uh, cloth. And yeah. it's like, it's not, if it's, if you dye a white shirt, it's not a white shirt anymore. Right. And just kind of the identity shift. Right. It's not a white I, shirt with blue on it. Exactly. Right. Exactly. That's, so, that's a, I'm, I'm really glad. I mean, I feel like I was taught it well, but it was actually my time out at Pine Cove developing material for the Young Guns and the Baby Roots. And then at some point for the Ford students that I, yeah. that, that my fixation with identity change and the gospel became very well solidified for me. Okay. And so, um, 
And that that has been so I've been so grateful for that, those conversations that that kind of led to this. Okay, this there isn't this isn't some just a behavioral modification. This isn't just a change in angle or perspective or it's all of those, but it's not just those. It is fundamentally a change in identity. Mm-hmm. And that's that has helped me so much. That that's the um key with which I interpret almost all of scripture. And 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 I, and it was shocking to me once I had those glasses on. Now to mix metaphors, mm-hmm. I saw it. It's like, oh well, yeah, that's everywhere. Even passages that I had seen as more along the lines of like, hey, shape up. But mm-hmm. then you go back and read them, and you realize Paul is saying shape up because of who you are. Mm-hmm. It's not shape up act like to become something, right? Act, act yeah, like yeah, who yeah. you are. That's a constant terminology, especially in Paul's writings. And then Jesus just declares things true of us left and right. And I've even heard those taught as, you know, well, you need to you need to be more salty. Um, when Jesus is like, you I mean, are I salty. feel like I'm salty enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I think that's a yeah, that's an example of 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 the type of thing that change and baptism exemplifies that. Mm-hmm. It shows an identity change at several levels. So anyway, it's it's really cool. Yeah, I don't um I don't think that most people uh know the like talking about baptism as dying something is uh um easy to understand. I think the anointing is something that they at least have a frame of reference for if they've read the Bible a lot. The mikvah isn't even really in the Bible. Um it's not Anytime overtly. you see the word Ritual purification, yeah, that's mikvah, right? But it's not explained, so no, it's it, understood. That's definitely the, the part that I really appreciate yep. that we teach mm-hmm. is like, oh, there's this part of being Jewish that you don't know, right? And you and won't, so and it's not like, it's oh, a, one day I'll understand until someone. It's a pretty it. regular part of being Jewish. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, it's a, it like, like literally the, think about. It's like passing the offering basket for us. They yes. wouldn't. They wouldn't know what that was, right? But we know what that is. Right. If just by me saying offering basket, you've right. got a whole set of things in your head right. of what that looks like, the different kinds of offering baskets that you've seen. Like right. I still remember the the big metal ones that we used at our church growing up. Like those are ingrained in my head. Right. Um and you know, the baskets that we use now, I'm sure, are ingrained in a lot of people's head. The idea of what a mikvah is would be ingrained in a Jewish person's head. Like they would, right. they would know that like we know other things that we do regularly. Yep. Yeah. It was constant for them. I mean, it was, they, they were doing mikvah baths. Most people were doing a mikvah bath once or twice, probably a week mm-hmm. minimum. And they probably had their favorite mikvah bath. That's right. <laughs> so. Oh, I like going to this place because the robes that they make you wear are better than the. That's right. Yeah. Other ones. They put oatmeal in their mikvah bath. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. It's just for the it's for the bath you take after uh, chicken right. pox. <laughs> I've, I hope I'm not offending anyone. So. No, I, we don't. I don't think you have to worry about that. Okay, great. Confusing, maybe. Oh, offending, maybe. probably not. Okay, great. Um, so jumping into chapter 14, it's long, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of yeah, details in it. Chapter. And and again, we've run into that issue of where exactly does this fit? Um, when did this happen? Is it before thirteen? Is it during thirteen? And is it? I don't. I don't know exactly. I. I. My opinion is that it's kind of during. It's kind of interspersed with thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But man, it's long. It's a great story. And there's several stories being told. And once again, as is common in Jewish literature, we're getting two people and we're seeing their character pitted against each other, mm-hmm. their wisdom, their faith, um, how they compare with each other. And the two people are Saul and Jonathan. Yeah. And and so we're seeing that. Um, it, it is intriguing. And, and so even catching little details, like it lists all the people who are with Saul and it, it lists all these different people and Samuel is not one of them. So this is after Samuel has either before Samuel has shown up or after Samuel has has bailed on Saul, um, Saul that he walks away. So it's it's a again we're missing that, but he does have the ark nearby, which is intriguing because this is our first reference back to the ark since the ark had been stationed at at Kiryat Jerim, um, and so. Now all of a sudden this, the ark is back in play for like one sentence, and then it's out of picture again. It's it's a tough passage. It jumps all over, though it tells a story um, of a single battle um, that lasts. The, the entire chapter is essentially one day. Um, the story of the chapter is one day, which and is so, the only reason it's one chapter. I'm guessing because the first twenty three uh, verses are a chapter in themselves. That's right. So you get you get all the way down to uh, forty six. Tells the story one through forty six is a single story about a single battle, mm-hmm. and then the last few verses are the kind of like it's just a little biographical information about Saul and his kingship, and Saul's kingship gets summarized here in like six verses. Once again, we get a lot of detail that's that's going to represent maybe the next 30 years. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go back in time again and start picking up more stories from Saul's kingship. In fact, what we're going to pick up is at some point, we're going to get it. And this will take two weeks. 14 is going to take at least two weeks. And then we'll get to 15 and 15 will be uh, really hard. 15, mm-hmm. 15 is going to be like, I'm going to have to probably preach almost an entire sermon in preparation to teach 15. Um. Fourteen is, it does have. I'm going to try to teach the story. I don't know if I'm going to teach the the great application first or teach the the teach through the story first. Probably I'll teach you the story first, and then next week we'll teach through the application. But um, this is such a beautiful example. Jonathan is such a great example of what it means to be a a, a God fearer in this chapter. Um, and Saul is a great example of someone who is doing what makes sense to him in the moment, sometimes yeah. even seeking to look spiritual. Um, and there are these moments when it's like, when Saul's like throws out the right spiritual words, but then doesn't seem to follow them at all. And what we see is by the end of the chapter, what we see is essentially the people prefer Jonathan to Saul already. Mm-hmm. Um, they essentially um, rebel. Um, that turns out to be a, a very simple bloodless rebellion, but it is very definitely, it's it's very similar if you've seen Gladiator. It's very similar to the scene uh, that they are, they're capturing at the end when everyone realizes that, you know, Russell Crowe is who he is and the emperor wants to have him executed on the spot and the people all shout for him to live. And then the emperor has no choice but to go, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll let him live. That's what we'll do. And... Saul runs into a very similar moment to that, that Saul is going to execute his own son. Um, 
And the truth is, Jonathan is essentially the only one who hasn't sinned. Uh, like the only person presented who hasn't sinned, and yet he's the one on whom judgment falls, God's judgment falls, which is weird and wild. I don't, I don't even know what to do all with that, I'm telling you. Um, it's another one of those antitypes, right? The innocent victim is going to pay for everybody yeah. else. I, I mean, it makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so, feel like Isaac didn't do anything. Yeah, that's a good point. <clears throat> and then we've got Jesus. Sure didn't. Right. So this this picture, and then the people come back and say, "Yeah, not so much, Saul. You're not executing Jonathan. We vote no." And Saul has no choice but to Which go with them. Which is such an interesting they wanted thing for the Israelites. I know. They, I mean, well, and they're, they're, you know, the image that I have in my head is, you know, them really liking executions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway. That's the next chapter. That's, well, that's <laughs> a few books away. Anyway. um, This is one of my favorite chapters. This is right up there with me in terms of devotion next to the uh, three. Oh, yeah. For you, like I really enjoy a lot of parts of this uh, story. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm I'm so excited for us to get to it, um, and for us to be able to talk about it. Yeah, um, it's gonna be a good Sunday. Yeah, the shield bearer kind of shines in it, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. <laughs> kind of steals this chapter. Be encouraged. <laughs>